The Origins of the Shift in Consciousness, Part 2, Establishing the Intent of Humanity. How to Approach the Story of the Ages Anything less than utter, dumbfounding astonishment is thinking too small. There is a place in me where I can find it where I sit mouth agape in unworldly awe as I consider the vast enormity of this endeavor of essence to explore humanity in a, from the essence perspective, severely limited physical environment. And then to turn loose the reins and allow ourselves much greater awareness and ability moving within this physical structure that we have and do create ourselves. Though you may initially think that I express significant hyperbole in my assessment of this subject, there is a place in each of us where we know, where we sense that thing that is bigger than these seemingly tiny lives. That is the part of the reader that I wish to speak to, appeal my case to. And I know that once you see it, it can't be unseen. The shift is red-pilling everyone. All I have to do is share, and the shift will take care of the rest. The shift of consciousness is the full expression of essence through our physical apparatus. Different. More different than anything we've ever done, more than we have ever allowed ourselves. This shift is the culminating act for the dance of humanity thus far. It is our crowning moment, our epochal achievement. Not will be, is, because it's already accomplished. Well, it doesn't look very shifted. Exactly. There are reasons for that. The objective portion of the shift began at the turn of the century. That means the portion where it gets turned on. That has happened. The reason it doesn't appear different to most people is the same reason people don't see how they change physically because they look in the mirror every day. The same can be said for how we view ourselves mentally. We always see ourselves as ourselves. Therefore, great changes in our mental landscape can be easily overlooked and taken for granted. I'm still me. Yep, that's how I look. Still think the same. Still me. We don't notice the changes usually because in our design of ourselves, we have such an effortless continuity about us that prevents us from noticing small changes which amount to much larger changes in time. Yet, humanity has advanced significantly in overall and self-awareness since the turn of the century. AI is already substantially changing our society in ways 
we haven't even imagined yet. Sexual identity and specifically the recognition of our third gender is another major change that will impact our society as we redefine sexuality and our definitions of gender and how they affect our identities and historic roles. We may even see our physiology catch up to the mental changes we are incorporating already in regards to gender. Will our bodies evolve also to reflect those changes? Time will tell, but already we see that individuals are embracing physical changes to their bodies so that their physical expression more closely matches their newfound, less rigid identities. No longer simply male or female, but people first. This is not going away, and this is all directly related to the shift. The influence alone of the younger generations of people also automatically adds another significant factor in how humanity is changing on the whole. Younger generations are more accepting of change, and they account for a great deal of what is being reflected in our society, our world. And remember, these kids now are going to grow up with AI, and they're growing up in a world that is increasingly placing less significance on gender and roles. And as we've seen, many young people are demanding that. As more and more people become more and more self-aware, it, it is a process. The domino effect of that begins to influence the mass belief, that which is widely and generally accepted as what is right and what is wrong. And then the mass belief changes. That is happening over and over and over, which is accounting for a great deal of the unrest in our world as people and institutions grapple with the newfound awareness and the ensuing battle for, so-called, control of the mind. Oh, by the way, I've seen the ending. Spoiler alert, we win. <laughs> the aware becoming are realizing that we are no longer limited by what anyone else is doing. That we can be self-directing and place ourselves in the primary position. That we create everything in our experience, indeed everything in our reality that knowing and understanding and being that the director of ourselves and what we create is based on what we choose and what we do that the basis of becoming these superhumans is simply a matter of changing our perspective of ourselves and figuring out how it works One of the most perfect and beautiful aspects of this evolution of ourselves is that everything that we're trying to figure out, all of the aspects of the physics of what we accomplish in a physical form as beings of energy, we've already been doing it for the entirety of our existence in this physical reality system. 
Now it's just a matter of us reverse engineering to see how we do what we have always done and just be aware now while we're doing it so that we can begin to create consciously. The specific physics to how humans create their reality was designed and meant to be automatic, seamless, and transparent to us. We had to create the perfect camouflage for ourselves so that we could experience ourselves as individual and separate. And we had to create the perfect deception. If it wasn't perfect in every sense, we wouldn't buy it. And then it would be a pointless endeavor to posit ourselves as separate when we really knew we weren't. We accomplished this from the beginning of our physical time to the current moment. We pulled off the charade and accomplished what we set out to do in that portion of this experience. Now it is time we look forward. The shift marks the end of that phase of this grand experiment and a new beginning to another chapter for the grand old organizations of consciousness which have chosen to express humanity within this dimension. A new paradigm of what life in this physical environment can be now that we are becoming aware of the rest of our story. Aware of our true nature and the true nature of our reality, this dimension. Things have been the way they are for a very, very long time. How we have interacted with our environment, what the extent of our overall awareness was. Our intention was to have a clean experience of the nuances of sexuality and emotion within the theme of a physical environment. We instituted many aspects of our design of this reality and humans to facilitate those types of experiences. We certainly accomplished that. Note, this is tricky to talk about because everything happens simultaneously. The past is still now. But using time as a perspective is almost unavoidable for us to grasp certain ideas. Nonetheless, in our terms, in the course of creating this physical environment, we created many institutions revolving around control and authority. Master-slave, right-wrong, victim-perpetrator, and these things have in turn become portions of the mass belief. These are the instruments of control that will eventually be rendered obsolete in our new understandings. There is a world pecking order, and the elites in our current incarnation certainly aren't interested in everyone becoming self-aware and self-directing. This is a direct threat to the institutions and groups of elites that have historically run the show. They may or may not have varying degrees of self-awareness, but regardless, they will be ill-inclined to surrender their positions of wealth, power, and authority. As non-voting Virgin Islands so-called congressperson Stacy Plaskett, one of the henchmen of the current crop of status quo maintainers in Congress, recently excoriated journalist 
Matt Taibbi during his testimony before Congress in regards to the Twitter file revelations of government involvement in censorship on that social media platform. She told him, you are a threat to the people who oppose you, which in and of itself is a laughable statement, since what she said is always true about everyone. Everyone is always a threat to the people who oppose them. But that statement is an indication of what the shifted world is up against. And they will fight us to the last drop of our blood. <laughs> In the end, it will matter little, except to the extent that it takes us from here to there. These are the stepping stones of our new awareness. Here's a breaking news item for those people and a reminder for us. Don't oppose other people and you won't feel threatened. When someone else is doing what someone else is doing is not a threat to us unless we make it so. This is one of the major changes of the shift. What they don't know, what most of us don't realize, is that in time these conquests will become a fool's errand because no one can control someone else without that someone else's permission. Perpetrator and victim go hand in hand. You can't have one without the other. And each position is a choice. That chapter is coming to a close, except for people who will want to continue to have those kinds of experiences. The rest of us, I think we're going to have better things to do. And anyway, my best work is to not judge someone else's choices. But we will know that we don't have to participate in what anyone else is creating. All of this is changing now, and although there is still great oppression regarding the importance of the individual, the horse is out of the barn, and there won't be any putting it back in. We are beginning to recognize our own power and authority, and it doesn't depend on anyone but ourselves. We are beginning to see that all the wars, sanctions, maneuvering, economic games, these are all hunger games for the elite who care not one bit for the normies, the unwashed. And everyone we see, the talking heads in the media, the politicians, the presidents, the generals, the foreign ministers, the letter agencies, these people aren't the elites. Some may be, but not generally. They're just paid off, on the bankroll. Most of them don't even realize who they eventually serve. But going along with the program and serving the right people means you'll be taken care of. And if you look around, you can see all the people who've sold their souls for the blue pill. None of those pesky moral dilemmas matter as long as they can live the lives that they have chosen. And so what? They're not wrong. It's just a choice. Most of them will run out the clock on these focuses of attention and be none the wiser that the world has changed irrevocably. They're just focuses. People having a life. No better or worse than anyone else. This is how it all worked until now. Now we have a choice. We can live the old way by continuing to see ourselves as victims and powerless, 
or live the new way in acceptance, not opposition, and recognizing our own power to create the reality we wish to experience. Will anyone's essence regret who these focuses were and what they believed and did? No. Will evil or wrong focuses ever be brought to justice? Ha ha ha. That isn't how this gig works. Why? Because these same essences, us, we have other focuses who are shifting or have already shifted. And remember, consciousness is about exploring everything, not just the nice things we like, everything. Essence doesn't play right and wrong. That's a humanity deal, all part of the plot of this physical reality. That means all of us have other focuses that we would find repugnant, if not downright despicable. So we think we want to judge what someone else is doing. We may want to just sit down and zip it. No one is squeaky clean and no one's getting out of here alive. Everything is known, so we're not fooling anyone except ourselves. Even the most pious and thoughtful and kind of us knows within us, within our other focuses, everything that is not so nice. Consciousness is everything, and everything is known to consciousness, and we are consciousness. The good news is we're all in the same boat. So when we cut someone else slack in their choices, when we're accepting, we're doing it for ourselves. We will soon discover that it doesn't matter what anyone else is doing or creating. It can only affect us if we allow it to affect us because we create all of our reality. This is why acceptance will be absolutely critical to our evolution. Because if we want to create what we choose, we'll need to accept what other people want to create. Acceptance is not agreement or approval or participation. It is simply allowing. So when we want to judge people on behalf of someone else, remember that each focus is choosing to participate what they are engaged in. And it's none of our business, unless our business is related to participating in things that aren't our business. Again, each focus is an exploration of things we like and things we don't like. Once we understand that everyone can create what they want without concern or without being affected by what someone else is creating, I suspect we will find acceptance a whole lot easier to practice but it will take a redefining of right and wrong and our participation in that polarity that has been an integral part of our world to this point through the mass belief. This is why it is becoming increasingly important for us to understand who and what we are and what the bigger picture of this physical experience really is. Religion and science each have a significant effect on how we view our world and ourselves and the mass belief. And both are very much anchored in ideas revolving around right and wrong. This is going to change immensely in the coming decades. Now, physical existence does have aspects that are pretty, but when you consider that the primary aspects we chose to explore 
revolve around separation, individuality, sexuality, and emotion. You can imagine that things were going to go south fast and get really dicey once we began this endeavor. A very casual examination of our world quickly gives way to the realization that everything we do boils down to an exploration of these three subjects in one way or another. These were the things that offered the greatest growth potential in our exploration of consciousness. That was the design's intent. Essences can and do have thousands of focuses of attention who are the various lives that have certain experiences in different circumstances and times. All of these focuses of attention occur simultaneously. Essence is not physical. It is our true form, which is timeless energy or consciousness. So our essence has what would be in our terms past, present, and future lives or focuses simultaneously. Essences typically will have many focuses, but each focus, that which we recognize as our life, as us, have only one essence. It is the us that we share with all our essence's other focuses. And all of it is connected to each other and further down the line, connected to everything else. Here is another fantastic feature of our design that ties it all together. A body consciousness that incorporates all the remembrance of our other focuses, allowing interaction and communication between all of them, which we can then access through the marriage of our essence with our body consciousness in the expression of each of these focuses. What a brilliant setup. Now bear in mind that even when I speak in terms that indicate different parts of us, it's all us all the time. There is no true separation between any part of the whole and the whole aggregate. Think of it as a gearbox in which the engine powers the drivetrain. All 250 horsepower is available all the time to all components. But by using throttles and gears and differentials, that horsepower can be manipulated, regulated, and utilized with different requirements in different situations in which the whole engine is being used, but not at full capacity. We're not always using 250 horsepower. And if we drive on the sidewalk at full throttle, we're definitely going to crash. Different aspects of the whole for differing needs. So different aspects of the whole can be utilized, but it does not indicate that those aspects are ever separated from what the engine actually is. We are the same organizations of consciousness, the same engine, but different aspects of the whole have different roles and uses. What this means is that these current focuses of ours in this current time frame of the shift with the veils thinning between physical or objective reality 
and our subjective reality, which is the non-physical portion of ourselves, can increasingly receive communications from all of our focuses across the simultaneous timeline. And though it appears to us like one precedes the other, and that one part is separated from the other, in reality, there is only the expanse of now, which encompasses all of our being and all things in all times. It would be like, instead of just one life's experience, you could instantly pull from thousands of life experiences. The absolute abundance of experience in all manner of possible lives going backward and forward in time. Think of it like the current crop of AI on the internet, but spanning the entirety of lives throughout history and the future, including extraterrestrial. Yes, we have physical focuses that live elsewhere in our outer space within this dimension, and they are connected to us also. Many of us even have dreamwalker focuses that were instrumental in the design and integration of what we now experience as our reality. That connection with my dreamwalker focus has helped me remember a great deal in my own quest to discover our true nature and the nature of physical reality. Now you may be starting to glimpse the enormity of this design the incomprehensibly and delicately sublime means by which it all works together, that all information is available to us always, and our part in this. And this is where I will remind you to notice when you know something that you can't possibly know. If you're honest with yourself, you can catch yourself in the act of gathering information from unofficial sources. These are your sources. They are a part of you and you of them. And you may find that you regularly know things that you can't possibly know. When it comes to humanity, information doesn't only find us from outside sources through our physical senses. We have a vast amount of resources that we access regularly. I call these my other channels or streams. They are real and they are exquisite. I am utilizing one such stream to write this. Once I connect to it energetically, the information flows to me. This isn't just me, this focus of Philip writing this. I am tapping into the stream of consciousness. We think all the information we receive subjectively is just us. Some happy accident that we happen to know something. Little do we realize the scale of communication that happens in the background at different levels, all available to us. Everything is available to everyone at all times. And thanks to the shift, we can become more aware of that ability that we have always practiced but didn't know how to consider or quantify. This is how we were built. Camouflaged connections to everyone and everything. Camouflaged 
but not inaccessible. I am well aware of the human perspective of history and how it seems very absolute, that there is a straight line march of history from the beginning to now, but it simply is not the case. It just seems that way from our perspective. One of the sleights of hand that was built into this physical blueprint when we designed it so that we could experience the maximum effect of individualism and separation within a physical time-based framework. One person, one life. That was the plan. We didn't know anything before and we don't know anything after. Birth and death, all part of the design. But quite simply, while it may seem true to us, it is not accurate if we wish to have a more objective view of who and what we are. And remember from our other column, consciousness is an action. The action of our essence, our organization of consciousness, is to have physical focuses. In our terms, lives. That's what we chose to do as consciousness. To be and explore physical humanity. That's us. So all of that said, there are two important things that we might consider that may keep us from throwing ourselves off the nearest tall building while we're getting red-pilled. The first and most important is that everyone and everything is connected. All of the people you know and don't know, everyone is connected to each other. Everyone alive and dead. Yes. The dead are participating. There are most likely even other yous alive today. Yes, concurrent focuses. They aren't you, but they are you. Everything is consciousness, and all consciousness is interconnected. Even though a lot of people aren't making the greatest humans in our terms, everyone is essence. There isn't good and bad essence. Right and wrong are just concepts within this physical reality that aren't really valid in our true forms. We all knock back drinks somewhere. We are family. We are not ever alone. We are the organizations of consciousness that make up humanity. In all the annals of the multiverse, we are the portion of the whole that chose to express itself as physical humanity. And from what I understand, this expression that we have chosen is perhaps the most challenging expression for consciousness of its kind. It is the most limited in terms of rules of engagement from an essence perspective for a physical form that consciousness can undertake. And to date, the most amnesic. We don't remember. Yet. But with fits and starts, we are shaking ourselves awake 
from our historic slumber. And that's the second thing to consider. This is the shift. This is the great part of the story when the hero finds redemption. It isn't all for naught. We are all part of a grand plan. The greatest story ever told. We don't even realize that we're front and center in living it. The essence portion of us wouldn't have us miss it for the moon or the stars. It's all rolling out. Remembering who and what we are and expressing ourselves as essence within physical reality. A feat never before attempted. Every one of us here chose to be here for this specific time. We chose to participate. I'm going to continue to hold a light up to what we're doing the way I see it. Something that's bigger than anything we may have considered previously. If you're hearing me, then you know something too. Otherwise, you probably wouldn't be here. There is much more to discuss. I can't possibly cover all the subjects to the extent they deserve in one sitting. This is why I offer hints of erudite concepts and terms to become familiar with. Hopefully using them in context and in relation to each other helps elucidate the ideas. All things we will discuss further in the next column and beyond. Be well and encouraged. There is a great deal to celebrate. And man, is this fun. It's the story of forever.